First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Everybody, episode 693 of First Class Fatherhood. I am happy as always to be here with you guys. And let's face it, the situation in the public school systems across America is critical. Uh, there is so much nonsense being taught to our kids. We really need something to be done about it. Today's guest, Ian Pryor, is doing just that. Uh, Ian Pryor was introduced to me by fellow first class father, Sean Parnell, who I met down in Washington, D.C. He told me, hey, you got to interview Ian Pryor. He told me about him. I had a chance to meet, sit down, and do a really great interview with him. Uh, Ian Pryor is one of the most articulate and successful parent activists in the United States. I hope you had a chance. Maybe you caught his interview on Tucker Carlson earlier this week. He's got a new book out titled Parents of the World Unite. The book basically focuses a lot on that Loudoun County, Virginia debacle where that girl was raped in the bathroom by a boy in a skirt pretending to be a girl. Uh, We all know how that went down. But also in this book, Ian Pryor explains how families can win the battle to stop the divisive and dangerous concepts that are just rooted in this CRT and other dangerous ideologies and just stop it from spreading through your school system. We all know what the LGBTQ uh, influence that's coming into all the public school systems. And there has been just a massive push for such a long time to separate parents from their children. We know that most of the time, both parents are working right now, or they're in a situation where there's so many single homes, single moms raising kids. The father has been pushed out via uh, so many different reasons. We've covered them all on the podcast, uh, especially this uh, corrupt family court system. We know about that. But I truly believe it's going to take parents, not politicians, to turn around the mess that's going on in our country right now. I don't think it's going to happen at the ballot box. I think it's got to happen at the kitchen table with our families getting around, talking to one another, staying together, growing stronger. And Ian Pryor is on the forefront of making sure parents have a voice heard in the school system. My interview with Ian Pryor is coming your way in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Ian Pryor, as I mentioned, was recorded live on video at CPAC down in Washington, D.C., Please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, I know we just kicked off the spring season, but right now my pillow is looking ahead towards summer. Mike is clearing out the winter inventory. He's doing a little spring cleaning. He's getting you ready for some summer savings. Get over there and get on it now. This promotion just started this week. MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. Save up to 80% on your order. All right, if you have a chance, please follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out all the upcoming guest announcements. And if you could, please help me spread the word about this podcast, every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Father's Day is every day right here on the podcast. And here comes my interview with Ian Pryor on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Ian Pryor. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I've got two kids, uh, 10 and 7. Boys, girls? Yep, two girls. Are we trying for the boy or are we all done? Uh, I think probably all done, but you know, you never know what happens. All right, sounds good. Listen, if you could take a second here to hit the listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure. So, you know, I, uh, I started out as a lawyer uh, in New England, and then I transitioned over to politics back in 2013, worked at the NRCC, worked at American Crossroads, and then I was a deputy director of public affairs at the Justice Department under President Trump. Um, and then later started doing private consulting, uh, you know, campaigns, um, companies, advocacy groups, 
Uh, but then ultimately, as that happened, I, I got involved in this fight in Loudoun County, which you know, for the past two years, I think, has really galvanized parents across the country to take that fight to their own school system and their own school board and see what is going on and expose some of the abuses. And along the way, we happened to help get Glenn Youngkin, Winsome Sears, and Jason Miares elected in Virginia. So it's, it's been a crazy two years. Wow, incredible. Yeah, I had Governor Youngkin on the podcast here not that long ago. Uh, but uh, the incident you're talking about in Loudoun County, uh, and you have a, a book coming out right now, uh, Parents of the World Unite, that incident really rocked a lot of parents in this country because I, for one, I have, I have four kids myself, three boys and a girl. And the idea, now, when we, just, we talk about this entire transgender movement, the idea of having my daughter be in the same bathroom with a guy is almost, it, it almost sounds like it's not for real. It sounds so much like how, but to be against it, they make you sound like you're the crazy one. They make you sound like you're some kind of transphobe, homophobe, if you don't want a grown man in the same bathroom with your daughter. So when did you first learn about the incident? Why did you get involved and how did it end up into a sure. book? So, so we'll start how I got involved. I, I, had writ, uh, I wrote an op-ed in probably October of 2020 about critical race theory in Loudoun County Public Schools and this big contract that they had given to a consulting company. Uh, and then in, in March of 2021, there was this, this private Facebook group called the Anti-Racist Parents of Loudoun County. Uh, and they created a list of, of parents, about 70 people, that were problems. Uh, and, and there was a call to action that you know, their websites needed to be hacked. We were going to send mailers. We were going to infiltrate these people. We were going to publicly expose them. And, you know, look, most of these people were just private individuals who would go and speak at a school board meeting to open schools or about the curriculum. And I found my name on that list. Uh, my neighbor put me on the list, so thank you very much. And, you know, I said, you know what? I can go out there and I can talk about this. I want to I stop this dead in its tracks. This is ridiculous. This kind of behavior is not civil. It's not neighborly. It's not something we want in our community. But the bigger problem was that you had six members of the school board in this private group. And they didn't come out and apologize. They didn't denounce it. Some have even stayed in the group where this group continued to do this. So we launched a campaign to try and remove these school board members. The school board kept messing up, right? They, they suspended a teacher who spoke at a school board meeting against this very policy. As that was happening, just a few days later, you have the sexual assault in a bathroom of a girl by a gender-fluid boy that was wearing a skirt. And the policy wasn't quite in place then, even though it was sort of practice, but the real issue was that when the superintendent was asked at the, the, one of the school board meetings thereafter, have there been any assaults? Are you aware of any assaults that have occurred in your bathroom? Because they were debating this policy, and he said, I'm not aware of any assaults. Well, we didn't know at that time. We would later find out later about this assault. But then a few months later, a second assault happened in another school, and it turned out to be the same kids. So they kept this quiet so that they could pass the policy because they knew that if parents were aware of this, that would basically kill the policy. And then, of course, in October of 2021, it all came out that they moved this kid, they kept it quiet, and, you know, as a result, we have an Attorney General, Jason Miares, who launched a, an investigation and resulted in the superintendent being indicted and the school spokesperson being indicted for perjury. So think about that. Your school spokesperson is indicted for perjury. What kind of trust does that leave the community? Well, when you're talking about the trust, we, I mean, as parents, we're trusting the school system with our kids. And to, to willfully withhold some kind of information like that is vicious. It's very vicious. And the fact that they did get indicted uh, and, and because it was brought to light, thank God. Uh, but I still can't wrap my head around the fact that, well, I just covered the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago, and I went, went to the bathroom, and they have a men's room, 
a woman's room and a gender neutral bathroom. And I'm, I can't imagine, like, who, well, what have we become here as a society where we're playing this game? And it's a game that's being played. This transgender movement, it's a hustle. And that's what's been going on with it. And, and they're pouring it into the minds of our kids. And then you have an incident because of it, like this incident in Loudoun County. And I remember it was the father was at the school board meeting yeah. and they called him a terrorist. They tackled the guy to the ground. Yeah, Is that right? And, yeah. And they, and they used his face and they used that story in the National School Board Association. Association memo that went to Attorney General Garland and the White House, and that resulted in Attorney General Garland's memo saying we need to investigate threats, harassment, intimidation at school board meetings. I mean, it's crazy. On the transgender thing, I call it the school-to-scalpel pipeline, right? Because you start out very young, kindergarten, uh, six, seven years old, and they're giving you these books where you know, it's like you need to question what the doctor called you when you were born. They were really just guessing about you. You know, biological sex is, is fluid now. And then you start to get older, and they say, well, you do you want to be called different pronouns? Do you want to be called a different name? You can use a different bathroom. You can play on, on the, the girls' sports team, right? And now the kid is sitting there on TikTok looking at all these things and Snapchat, and they're hearing it from school, and they're like, oh, I guess biological sex doesn't exist. I guess don't follow the science. Uh, and then what happens? Then they decide, well, you know, I want to be in the in crowd. I want to have that, this new civil right that we're developing. Uh, you know, it's, it's a way for me to deal with being not accepted by this group or accepted by this group. And I'm going to identify as a different sex. But the school won't tell your parents because they consider gender-affirming care to be health care. So now you've got your kid at school who's going under, you know, one identity and then comes home and says, oh, everything's fine, right? Next thing you know, they're getting on puberty blockers, they're getting on cross-sex hormones, and they're getting irreversible surgery. And it's all starting in the schools. Yeah, that, that, what a sin that has turned into. That, people should be put in prison for what they're doing to young kids. Like, it, it's one thing if a kid asks to do, if the kid wants to drive the car at 12, you, don't, you, you say, oh, yeah, you know, you, you can't do it. You know, there's certain things. You have underage kids taking puberty blockers. To me, um, I, I, I can't imagine a situation. I know that there's one dad that had, a, I think it's Jeff Younger, had the issue with uh, a divorce, and he was against uh, his kid getting the surgery. And they, they ended up, I guess, I don't know, they wanted to, you know, take the kid's penis off, and he was against it. They and he lost the case. Uh, so it makes you really scratch your head. Not to get off the topic there, but it's like, how do you do you just you said your oldest is ten, right? Yeah. How do you, do you have any? I mean, that's what happens here. The school system forces you to kind of have these conversations because they're hearing about it. Have you discussed any of this stuff? Uh, what do they know about? Yeah, we, we have, and you know, you you have to get ahead of it. And and this isn't the gender thing, but you know, a couple of years ago. They gave my, my daughter, my older daughter, when she was in second grade, they gave her this lesson on Christopher Columbus. It was like this animated thing. And it wasn't actually supposed to be for seven-year-olds. It's supposed to be for, you know, high schoolers. Uh, and it was all about, you know, Columbus is evil, capitalism is evil, uh, Christianity is evil. And, and she came back and she's like, what, what did I just read? Or what did I just see? And fortunately, I had read her this, this book about Columbus a couple of days before. So I'm like, well, that's a lesson. You know, I've been reading them history books and, and trying to explain things um, with the idea that they're going to go into school uh, and they could get the wrong idea. Now, fortunately, I've taken my kids and putting them in a different school, so I'm you know, trying to get ahead of that. But for the people that can't, it's really important to have these conversations with your children before the school does because the school is trying to indoctrinate your children with these ideas early 
before you're ready to even talk about them. So you're going to have to have those uncomfortable conversations and you're going to have to have them before they get them in school so that they at least know, well, this is what my parents say and they will understand, well, what my parents say, I'm going to go with that over, you know, what some administrator says in, in schools. And this is why, too, it's been so important for them to destroy the nuclear family unit and get fathers out of the home because when you, or have both parents working so there's nobody home because that gives the school system free reign at your kids and there's really a battle for the mind of our youth in this country and it's coming at them hard and fast and if there's no parents at home uh, to go over this stuff with them to explain some of this stuff someone they can go to talk to then they just believe what they're told and, and it's very scary what's happened in our school systems there's no doubt about that yeah and, and you know it, it's tough for parents because what do you do where do you go you know, you can go to the school board meetings and you can talk and they're not going to listen, right? You can file litigation, that's expensive, but it's also tough. I mean, this area of parental rights in the legal realm is very new. It's not something we've ever had to deal with before, you know, where you go into school and, you know, they're, they're passing out books and graphic novels that are not appropriate for 15-year-olds or 14-year-olds or probably even 25-year-olds. Uh, and, and so it's very difficult. But what I've seen throughout what we've done is really activated parents, right? And then one of the things I talk about in my book, I, I set it up in, in 12 chapters, and each chapter is sort of like a strategic rule. And, and I, I tell the story that way. It's intimidating to go up against these billion-dollar organizations, but they are stupid, and they will overreach. And, and the instinct is always for people to go attack. Go on the attack, let's, let's expose this stuff, and of course, that's important. But sometimes you've got to wait for them to screw up, because they will. And when they screw up, you've got to be ready to pounce. And ultimately, that's what happened in Loudoun County with the sexual assault case. You know, we knew about that first incident after it had gotten around, but we were holding on it because, you know, look, it's, it's going through the court system. We don't want to violate anyone's privacy. But once they showed that they don't care about safety, you know, we have to bring this to people's attention. And this shows everything we were talking about from the very beginning, where you've got these, these politicians that are more concerned with their political agenda than they are representing the whole constituency. Yeah. Very well said. And I love the title of the book, too, Parents of the World Unite, right? I love the play on the words there with that. And you know what? It is the parents that are going to save this country, not the politicians. The conversations at the dinner table are going to be far more important uh, than what happens at the ballot box. Because if we don't get our families back around that table, boy, we are in a lot of trouble here in the future. So what is the main message here of the book? I know Parents of the World Unite, how to save our schools from the left's radical agendas. What's the main message of the book here and who is it for? Yeah, I mean, this book is for, for parents out there that, that want to be able to make a change. And it's really about, you know, telling the story of Loudoun County, but telling it in a way that will help people around the country use the strategies that we used, use the messages that we use, understand, you know, the dynamics of tactics, strategy, creating organizations, you know, from the ground up, real grassroots organization, and mobilizing parents in a smart, effective way. You know, I was just having a conversation on my way down here, too, which is interesting, and it goes to the, the politicians thing, and I think this book shows this. You know, somebody said, well, why are, are some of the parents that were involved in this movement not automatically just voting for the, the candidate the local Republican Party is, is endorsing? Because that's not what they're about. This has never been about Republican versus Democrat. This is about an issue. This is an important issue. And I've said before, this could be the biggest single issue voting block in the history of America. And we need to keep moving forward because the left has undone our education system for decades. And it's going to take a while to get it back to, to normalcy.
Yeah, and it's been done on by design, on purpose. It's all been done. And the same thing, I believe, is why they're tearing the nuclear family apart, too. You remove God from the society. You remove the father from the home. You don't really need much else to destroy a society. And that's what we're seeing play out. And until that gets reversed, you could throw money at everything you want to do. But you could change policies and all that. But if we don't solve that problem, nothing else is going to change. So uh, props to you. I love what you're doing. Last thing I want to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Uh, new dad, about-to-be father. All right, let's see. I found getting, well, my first daughter, we had the whale sound, you know, the whale white noise. That was great. And, and then I became addicted to it. So be careful when you get that white noise for your newborn because then you won't be able to live without it. So if you don't want to be listening to whales at night for the rest of your life, be very careful about which one you choose. Well said. I love the message. It's been a lot of fun for me. Parents of the World Unite, How to Save All Schools from the Left's Radical Agenda. Available link in the, in the bio in the description of today's podcast episode. Ian Pryor, your first class father all the way. And thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Father. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.